Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of dream chasers and wealth makers. We are thrilled to be back in studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. I'm proud to bring in the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what you need to know today. Today, I'm pleased again to have my partner in crime, Letitia Burbaum. Tish, welcome back again. Hey, thanks for having me, Bart. (laughs) And Paul, thanks for helping to navigate the uh, technology of today's show. Yes, we had Dream Makers and we had uh, all these uh, other titles there. We did not have an IT person on the line. We had a little trouble getting your new uh, computer to work here. (laughs) But we did it. We did it. Um, So with that said... Um, we have actually, I think, a very informational show today. Paul, here, here's what I did. I told, uh, I asked Letitia last week, I said, look, we are getting so many questions about the different type of relief programs yeah. and loan options. And I said, look, we need someone to be able to take care of this. And she was like, I can do that. I'm like, we're pretty busy. She's like, look, trust me, I can take care of this. <laughs> it was like 24, 24 hours. I had this you know, mile long report of all the different programs. <laughs> oh, wow. We sent it out to our clients as a newsletter. So we are going to kind of dissect that today and pull back the levels of the onion or layers of the onion. We've kind of covered this a couple of episodes ago at a very high level. But thanks to Tish, we've really been able to drill down. So this is really going to be the Tish show today. I'm just going to ask her questions, and she's going to go from memory all these these wonderful programs. Okay. I look forward to it because many of them apply to my business like every other small business. And we're all con- – before you start, I'll tell you how confusing it is. We had the president of SunWest Bank on the other day on one of our shows, big local bank here. And he was trying to explain the uh, – what's it called? The PPP. P, uh, payroll protection program and just that one specific part about it he couldn't explain it he and he said we still don't have the paperwork yet from the fed so we're not 100 percent sure how it works although people are calling up and asking us immediately for this money and these loans we're not sure if it's forgivable and by whom and how much and all that it might be could be we'll get back to you and I thought, the president of the bank doesn't know. So I'm, I'm looking forward to what Tish came up, because it seems very confusing. Well, it is. Wow. And, um, but we're going to try to break it down. So, Tish, let's, let's get going. I, from what you've done and from what I understand, there's really three different categories. Um, and so there's the PPP, right, the, protection, the Paycheck Protection Program, the EIDL, Economic Injury Disaster Loan, and then the Disaster Assistance Loan Guarantee Program. Um, am I right so far? Yes. <laughs> um, nice and succinct answer. Thank you. Um, if only so she talked like that on every show. Yes, <laughs> yes no, <right>. and maybe. <laughs> All right, so let's break it down. Tish, um, can you break down the differences between the three, and then we'll just keep kind of drilling down? And all she's supposed to say is yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, I can. Next yes. question. So I almost feel like, you know, Bart, just so people aren't confused, maybe we talk about each one of them um, so people are, we're not going back and forth between all of them. But just to what Paul was saying, and I'll, I'll answer your question, but what Paul was saying is you are 100% correct, Paul, is the banks don't really even know what they're doing. This is a new act, the CARES Act, that was just signed into um, 
it was just signed. And basically, the banks were not prepared for this amount of loan applications or the funding to be able to, for the staff. So you have to take into consideration the banks are, are maybe they were just shutting down some of their branches because social distancing and being able to keep their employees and staff safe. And then all of a sudden, this, um, the, you know, all of the different um, relief options, the disaster relief loan options became available. And then all of a sudden, the banks weren't prepared and they didn't have the staff to be able to handle that. So I would just say this is my big overarching. Be patient. We're all going through this together. I think everyone is trying to navigate the differences between all of them, who can apply for what and what that really means. So um, I want to start with answering your question, Bart, is the Paycheck Protection Program is a loan. And if you apply for this loan, you, you um, this one specific loan has the ability for a portion of it to be forgiven. So what that means is if it's utilized correctly, this loan can be turned into a grant. And because it's a loan and it turns into a grant, that also affects you with paying taxes on it later on and that kind of thing. So it's a big picture, but that's the first order of operations. If you're a small business owner, which means I'm even talking about the hairdressers out there, the gardeners out there, people who have their own individual businesses, their subcontractors for maybe they work for um, a big development company and you're just a subcontractor and you have different companies you, you sub with where you have stated income. These are also for you. Paul, if you have just a couple people in your office and you have, you know, um, so, you know, sole property, you also qualify. Bart, if you have a corporation and you have about five to ten employees, you qualify. All of these will qualify if you have like an S-Corp or C-Corp or sole pop subcontractor. Um, all of these count towards this loan, and as long as you have under 500 or less employees. And do they have to be do they have to be full-time employees? Can they be part-time employees? And carrying on what you said it's hard for me to believe can they be subcontractors if i have i don't have any employees they're all just 1099 subcontractors i use like for example for editing your shows yeah that's correct so all of those things count wow and 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 so um i do want to take in consideration though because the differences i'm talking about right now the paycheck protection program you yourself paul you get revenue from the show, maybe from advertising, marketing participants like Bart and I who are on the show for paid to to be here for the audience. You yourself are entitled to apply because you would be generating income through this process as well that you might be missing out on. Maybe you're missing out on additional sponsorships, those kind of things. So and does it just it cover the, Does it is it just a grant like here's some money and we hope this helps you? Is it, um, or is it just for the amount that you've lost? Do you have to document what you have lost during this period? Well, documentation is always a great thing, but the interesting thing is, is this is backed by the SPA loans, so um, Small Business uh, Administration. So Small Business Administration is the one that's backing it, and you get the loans through your own individual bank. So what that means is 
each bank that's lending you the money has their own requirements of what they're asking for. So that's the part that's making all of our heads spin is because bank, uh, Bart, what bank do you bank at? Union Bank, California. Union Bank. Okay. Uh, Paul, what bank do you bank at? Um, I bank at U.S. Bank. Okay. Um, I, I bank at Farmers and Merchants. Now, the reason why is if we all compared our notes and we were applying for the loans, for the PPP loan, every single one of us would have different requirements that the banks are asking for. So that makes it difficult, Paul, to be able to identify um, what your what the banks are deeming of what's actually lost. But so, for example, there's some specific documentation that they're looking for, and they're wanting to be able to say, like, do you have a W-2? Do you have um, employees? There's a list of the different documents that each of them are usually asking for. And basically, you're having to support what the different requirements that count for the employment, or not sorry, not the employment, but for the pay, like the actual payment that you're receiving. And uh, does it have to be a bank that's done SBA loans? Because not every bank does SBA loans. Yeah, you're correct. So it's a there's a and we can also give you the link right afterwards to show. But there is on um, the SBA website if you go to sba.gov and funding programs and loans and then you type in loans paycheck protection program you can say fine and then it will give you a list of all of the participating banks in your local area but the banks are going to be loaning to you based on how they know you so some institutions say you don't have a relationship with them you might need you you might not qualify like bank of america so far i've heard the people that have banked there that they're only accepting loans from pre-existing members before february 15th and i've also heard the same thing as wells fargo right. but there's other institutions that are still taking on new new um they're taking on new customers, or they're also just letting you apply without having an re- existing relationship with And I believe that was so SunWest Bank. That's one of the things they were saying. One of the confusions is they have to decide if they're going to make this available to their current customers only or to, uh, to anybody who wants to walk in and, and apply. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of a bank's obligation is knowing your customer. And so... Having a previous relationship with them makes that portion for them and their liability easier. But it doesn't—it's not a requirement. So, it's next question: How much can you is asking? How much can you apply for, and what are the what are the uh, repayment terms? So, Bart, are you okay? He's just going into all these questions. You're good to go. Yeah. So I was just going to say, Paul, this is the Paul show today. We're just yeah. going to let him ask you. <laughs> I want to know. I got to. I want him trying to apply. He's taking all the words. Yeah, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. It's great. Okay, so, for example, okay, you have to have the majority of it for the payroll protection uh, program. So we're going to go for the PPP. So it's a tongue twister, so they have simplified it for the PPP. That's that's the abbreviation. But what they're looking for, first and foremost, is payroll costs. So you're going to say, well, 
to sh- what does payroll cost include? So this part may vary depending on how you operate your business. If you're a C-Corp, you're an S-Corp, you're an LLC, you're a partnership, if you're a sole prop, if you don't even know, you're probably just acting in business, maybe it's a DBA and you're using your own individual name. Each of these have their own requirements and forms to be able to prove that. So things that, it, that they're looking for is salary, wages, commissions, tips, employee benefits. So, so that's the, the main thing, right? And then they look for like the salary, wages, commission, tips. They look for supporting documentation to be able to see that you have received these things previously. So, for example, if you've been receiving like commissions or, or um, contracts, right, you would use those and that data to say, I have received income. Now, maybe you have a, um, a program, like I use QuickBooks. Um, you might have a payroll software company that runs it for you. You might have the bank run it for you. You might just be doing it yourself, and all of those things are sufficient to be able to utilize. Um, a nice backup plan, I've heard some banks have wanted you to submit your tax returns. It's not a requirement by um, the SBA, but it might be a requirement of the bank. So do they want to be able to just make sure that you have some type of documentation to be able to prove salary, wages, commissions, or tips? Um, Second thing that they're looking for is, like, as an employee, you have employee benefits. So, for example, the cost of vacation, the cost for um, family medical leave act or sick leave, and allowable for separation or dismissal or parents required um, to have provisions because of like group health care benefits, um, insurance premium. So if you hear what I'm, and the last one is any retirement benefits. This is a really good one for self-employed that are saying, hey, just really, what are you what are you saying here? These are something, if you're employed by someone else, you would be looking at your paycheck stub and you would say, oh, okay, those are all the things that are listed on my pay stub. Those are the things that they're talking about. So what are the payroll costs that you would typically see on a pay stub? And then the additional portion is like retirement benefits and taking in consideration of state and local taxes associated with it. So they're really trying to say is the money that you would have received on a monthly basis, we want, you can apply for that portion. In addition, you can have some small expenses that you can count for that as well. But that can only count for 25% of the number that you're applying for. So say, Paul, you make $250,000 a year and you can you're and you have your own company by yourself, then you're capped at $100,000 that you can apply for in this loan. Does that make sense? And then you can add on, depending on your bank, like the health insurance on top of that, your retirement plan, taxes, that kind of thing, and some small, um, some small um, expenses. So, last question, and I'll let you, Bart jump back in. So, yeah, the confusion, yeah. only confusion I have is, is it just to make up for the money I lost during this period of time, or can I just go all the way up to that amount that you said, even if I didn't lose it? Do I have to? Um, is I, it just to regain what I've lost, or is it just a way to? support businesses in this difficult time? 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, is there? Um, do I have to show yeah. what I've lost, or or is it? It's not that at all. It's just a cap and an amount, and I can apply for any or all of it. So they want to show that you're getting the income that you would have received, and being able to show um, financial loss is going to be when you apply later on for the forgiveness portion. So when you're looking back. Um, and it, to do the forgiveness portion when you're applying with the bank for that part, you need to be able to say, look, this is the income that I have, and then being um, granted that. It's not the ideally, um, I think that part is slightly gray. Paul, I think it's gray because they're not actually verifying your numbers. It's kind of the honesty program. I think we're going to see how that that plays out, right? Mm-hmm. It's a it's kind of like a moving mm-hmm. target, it seems. And to your earlier right. point, Paul, I'm not sure anyone really knows that yet, but that, that's yeah. the plan is if if you could show a lot because under Tisha's uh, scenario, if I made a quarter of a million dollars, mm-hmm. she said I could apply for up to a hundred thousand dollars, but I, maybe I didn't lose a hundred thousand dollars. Maybe I only lost ten thousand or twenty thousand of that income because only was a month right i didn't lose one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. i only lost 10 a month's worth of that but let's actually let's clarify can you clarify this for me as well i i think it's based uh, my understanding is based off of a a cap of a hundred thousand dollar a year salary but then isn't it only two and a half months so it's two and a half months of the salary plus two and a half months of the benefits taxes etc i see okay yep is that is that right you take the number and you analyze it like you annualize the the full amount that you would normally be getting and then you break that down by your monthly cost and then you can times that by uh two and a half percent or two and a half times and that's how you would that's the number that you would apply for but, okay, so that's clear to me. So it's uh, it's capped at one hundred thousand dollars. I get two months of that one hundred thousand dollar annual income that I can apply for roughly, and whatever that is. And then I don't have to show that I actually lost. I mean, because some of us didn't lose that much money, or we lost a little bit, or we lost a lot. But it, it's just going to be you can apply for this amount of money, and then later on we'll figure out how much we might forgive and forego based on how much you lost, which suggests you'd have to show some point-in-time documentation of how much of that you actually lost. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think that that's the part um, that we have, they haven't made 100% clear. Um, if I were to just walk through the numbers, just generally just showing you, like if I made $100,000, or even if I made more, you're capped at $100,000, you would take the number, divide it by 12, so you would have 8,333, and then you would take that number, and then you would times it by your 2.5, and the maximum that you can request on these loans, like the PPP, would be $20,833. If you were a individual sole owner, and then then um, if, you, if you had employees, then you can add theirs as well. Okay. And then it's to be determined what the rates are for that loan, what the payment terms are, and how much, if any of it, will be forgiven or turned into a grant. And, the payment, and, the, the loan, the duration, like the interest rate is fixed. So it's 1%, hmm. and there's no application fee. Um, the, the loans are maximum of $10 million. Now, again, that's depending on how many employees you have, and you need to be able to make sure that you're keeping your, your store afloat and making sure that you're continuing. But I think everyone, in 
some regard is going to be affected, at, you know, at some point. And so what we're talking about specifically are how, you know, the business owners are affected. Um, the loan provision, something to think about, you asked, what's the, what's the duration? Yeah, of the terms or whatever. Back. Right. Uh-huh, exactly. So it's a minimum of two years for maturity after the application is being forgiven. So that extra 25%, if they've forgiven that. Um, there's no collateral needed or personal guarantee on these loans, and there's no prepayment penalty. So if you're like, hey, you know what, I don't need it after all, you just you just pay it. But it does have to be distributed within 60 days of the time that you receive it. So that's a really good point to take in consideration is say you have it and you just want to save it for a rainy day. That's not what this is meant for. You have to process it through your payroll and then you you and you pay your payroll. So that's the whole point is to keep things afloat while we're going through this um, turmoil time and we're all kind of is there somebody to help you outside of the bank to be your advocate? Is that something you guys would do for your clients to help them prepare and process and sift through this and sort of prepare the package to present to the bank, or everybody's on their own? Well, each institution, you know, a lot of times as we say, go to your banker because your banker is going to guide you through it because each institution is going to have their own um, their own requirements. Um, you know, for me personally, I, I reached out to my CPA and just making sure that all of my ducks were in a row and everything looked correct for me. Um, but we're always um, here to answer questions and we've helped many of our clients, you know, get the information that they're looking for and they're needing. And I know that we're probably almost out of time, but that's just the paycheck protection program. There's another one, like what Bart said, is the um, the economic injury disaster loan. Sometimes people are cone like they're saying the ten thousand dollar loan, the ten thousand dollar loan. That's that loan. People, I don't know if you've heard of that, Paul. That one I haven't heard of. Like, no. Oh, just apply, apply for the ten thousand dollar loan. Well, that one is a really interesting one, is because sometimes you a lot of times um, this one isn't talking about the forgivable portion. But if you don't, so if you apply for that loan and you don't get the loan then what they end up doing is they end up giving you the $10,000 and and that ends up turning into a grant. But that's, I don't know how that's going to work if people actually qualify for lo- so a longer-term loan. So that one actually has um, like a 3.75% fixed interest rate and on those loans for for-profit companies. Non-profit companies have a 2.75% interest rate and there's no application fee. So there's, there's um, you know, there's additional provisions on the economic injury disaster loan that you should be aware of because that one's not the straight just for forgiveness. It's a, it's a very inexpensive loan that you have access to that they'll give you um, a longer time, like payments, they'll give you the 12 months of deferral before you have to pay them back and up to 30 years to pay the loan overall. So it, think of it as like a, a home loan for businesses, but it has a longer duration. And if you don't meet that criteria, that's what they're calling the, the $10,000 loan. But it's definitely something to look into. Um, 
just a caveat because I know that we were covering a lot. You can apply for both of these two loans together or the disaster assistance loan guarantee program. You can ap- apply for all of these loans, but they just need, like you said, Paul, in the very beginning, you have to be clear on how keep track of your expenses because you can't apply for all of them and utilize them for the same thing. They have to be used for different for different purposes or if it's not covering the full amount, then you're able to utilize both loans. But you can't double dip if you're using the money for the same purpose, like the same portion of your repayment. Does that make sense? Yeah. As, as much as any of this makes sense to me, it still sounds like it's, you know, it's a little chaotic. The banks aren't sure. you got to find the bank that'll do it and whether they give it to customers only or to anybody and what the terms are and what the paperwork is and what the requirements and what the forgiveness is and how you get one versus another. A lot of questions, a lot of, a lot of confusion. But you, you've outlined it very well in a way I hadn't heard before. And just the I difference say, on the, the maximum ahead, amount between the PPP and the EIDL? Yeah. Oh, the maximum of the EIDL, <laughs> the yes, loans go no. up to $2 million. <laughs> $2 million. $2 million. on the EIDL, right? And then it's, it's 10 yeah, on and the PPP? They can't, yeah, and, and then also the EIDL, they can't exceed 50% of your annual gross profit. So the one is capped. Your salary is capped at a hundred thousand, or anybody's salary is capped at a hundred thousand dollars. If I had ten yeah. employees and they each got paid two hundred fifty thousand, I could only I could apply for ten different payroll protection things to disperse to the ten one. people, or one. But it would get one, I, one. It would get dispersed to these ten employees. people, but it, I can only claim up to hundred thousand of their salary. That. Salary, right. Total, and then I, and that's a month or two of that total annual salary, right? Two and a half Plus months. taxes, plus yeah. taxes, plus benefits. Plus taxes. Oh, yes, right, okay. Benefits. So those benefits, like retirement plans. So this is something to think about if you're a business owner and say you have a pension plan that you've, you've yeah. created or a profit sharing plan and you would normally pay yourself that, that is included. You can include those numbers. So all of those factors add up. But I want to make sure that I not confuse everyone completely and say the first, my advice in summary is first find your bank that you're already doing, you have a business relationship with, with a business account. If not, find one, go to the website that I told you and look it up and then find a bank in your local area that you can apply to. Even if you have to call them or email them, be patient. Um, even though they just opened up, some banks weren't prepared last week to even open up. So there was a lot of people, quote unquote, getting in queue. Um, apply. And you can apply for more than one bank for the same PPP, but you can only accept one. And so if they set no a time way. deadline for this, do you have to do it in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, or can you do this six months from now? Or I think it's till the money runs yes. out. Till their money runs uh, out? Really- <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a limit. Uh, yeah. So it is first is come, limit. first serve. They've, they've got like $2 trillion set aside. When that's gone, the people be coming in six months and now saying, hey, I didn't realize but I really need this money. And they're like, sorry, it's gone. Could it be that? Correct. 
Yeah, oh, wow. you, that is that's that's the sense of urgency why everyone is scrambling is because it is until the money runs out and they have a bit, the ability to process them all. So people, you do want to not sit on your hands and just wait and do too much research. I would recommend doing it sooner than later. It is until the money runs out, but there's also a hard date. And I'm looking for in my notes where where that is. It's I think it's June. Art, do you have it in front of you? This, this no, June I do date? not. Because that's what I wasn't understanding. I thought, why doesn't everybody just sit back and wait, you know, wait a month and let it sift out, get their paperwork straight, and then you can kind of be pulling this together and researching. But you're saying it might be too late. And so I know a lot of people that have actually gone on the web, whatever these places you do this, I haven't even looked into it, whether it's a bank's website or the federal government's website, but wherever it is, and they put themselves on some list, I want to apply for this. And as soon as the paperwork is ready and all this stuff, you know, let's get going. I'm ready. I'm. I, it's sort of like they're in the queue, and I'm assuming that it's yeah. if they're in the queue, then that's how they, you know, you don't want to be the last one in the queue because you might be too late for the money, I guess. You're in the queue usually means that your institution is going to have a conversation with you, and each institution has been allocated a certain amount of money that they can lend out. So if you're in the queue with that bank, then you're fine. Oh, so maybe your maybe your bank you're runs out, but there's more money in the system. But your bank's allocation has yeah. been used up. Yeah, and I found the date. It's by June 30th is when it they're cut off as of now. Again, that can always change. Yeah, right. So this is really so everybody's rushing to get on the list. They don't want to miss out on the money, but they're not sure of the rules yet and the requirements and the terms and everything else so we're sort of uh, they're sort of applying for something that we're not even sure what it is and and, and a lot of us haven't really figured out what is the economic uh, pain that we're going through we know today what we've gone through over the last couple of weeks but does this go on till june does this go on longer i mean the pain is going to be uh determined by the length of stay of this stay-at-home stuff and all the things that go with it right lack of customers and whatnot this is yeah, kind but of I wouldn't be, be overwhelmed or to, to be continued for sure. Yeah, right. No, I mean, this is really, I, I can see we're going to have to have this conversation several more times, but you've laid out, I didn't know there were two programs. I didn't know you could apply to both of them, and I didn't know there were caps and limits and uh, time deadlines attached to any of these. I assumed there were, but I didn't really know until today. Yeah. And and just don't be overwhelmed about requirements and paperwork. It's a four-page application, and two pages are like, it's basically disclosures. So it's really a simple application process. And um, I wouldn't. I would say just don't be overwhelmed in it, and then just reach out and ask for questions. We're we're here to help, and we have this all laid out. Um, Bart, did we want to put this on the website or, or share this with everyone? I kind of have a an outline or tips or they can go to our website. I know we have information or we're passing it along to our clients of kind of a summary of each one of them and breaking it down, who's eligible and the maximum amounts and interest rates. Yeah, I think so a, dir- have a, a, a direct message, a DM test or email, and then we can forward what we have. Great. So if they reach out to you guys, and how do they reach out to you guys to get this information? So Letitia is at uh, Letitia at OptiVestInc.com. That's L-E-T-I-T-I-A at OptiVestInc.com. And I am Bart, B-A-R-T, at OptiVestInc.com. 
So I know that we ran over, but I yeah, want to thank everyone I, this who is important. Just thank you for all the extensive research. Paul, thanks for running the show. And um, that's a, that was being cynical. I think <laughs> this is a topic that's going to be discussed again on this show, I dare say, because this uh, because they're going to clarify some of the rules, I'm sure, and they're even talking about new packages. They're, they're debating as we speak. We're doing this in the uh, middle of April. There's yep. some discussion that they may have additional rounds, particularly for small businesses. This will be ongoing. Well, like and for said, for oh regular yeah. listeners, you'll notice that we've not had really any guests um, on a regular basis because we've really tried to focus on or trying to focus on what's Thank what's you. current, yes. what's on hand, trying to define and uh, explain things as they are happening. So we've got a lot yeah. more of this to come. We appreciate you tuning in, and we look forward to being in studio next week. Cheers. Thank you. And thank you guys here. Give me, give it the address one more time here, because I'm I got me talking so much I forgot to bring your outro up here. So while you while you're telling them how do they, how do they reach out to you if they want to get in touch with you and talk through, even if they're not a client of yours, just a listener mm-hmm. here, and they want to get a copy of this. So our they can always call us. Our office number is nine four nine three six three eight six eight six. Letitia's email is Letitia at OptiVestInc.com. That's L-E-T-I-T-I-A at OptiVestInc.com. And I am Bart at OptiVestInc.com, B-A-R-T. Really important because I, with, and I'm not trying to just say this because we're doing a short of it, I wouldn't know where to turn to. Yeah, I'd try and struggle through one of these government websites, which are always, I'm into this one, but I'm assuming it's confusing and chaotic and stuff here, just to have somebody who can, help you guide you give you something that outlines it would be of enormous help at this point in time here really thank you tune in next week for the latest edition of the zandbergen report tuesdays at 2 p.m catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzandbergen.podbean.com the zandbergen report is also available on itunes iHeartRadio, and spotify Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivist, Inc. and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivist, Inc. under SEC registration. 